This is June 20th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome back into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. And on this episode, Connor Ryan and I get into the five biggest questions this offseason. The Stanley Cup is over. The Vegas Golden Knights, Bruce Cassidy, Jack Eichel, they are champions. And it's on. It's official. It's the offseason. So we get into sort of the five biggest questions heading in. We kind of run down through them all. They're big topics, too. They're obviously more than just five questions, but these these are the five really juicy ones. So Connor and I get into everything to do uh, with each of the five topics. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. And people might be wondering who uh, watch Poke the Bear and watch Bruins Beat on YouTube. They might be like, wow, Evan and Connor, same setup, same shirt. Connor's got the same hat. Everything's the same. What is this? I'm in the cape this week. So we're pre-recording this. We are pre-recording, which, as we know, can be very dangerous. Very, very dangerous because things change a lot. So hopefully things don't change too much. But this, again, is the five biggest questions facing the offseason. You think we're going to regret this one? The Bruins traded like half their team. Evan's getting like triple scoop ice cream at Sunday school in Bonstable. Messing everything up. You know what? I'll take it. I'll take that. I'll take the Sunday school. I won't turn down a good ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah, that's an easy easy one for me. Um, But we want to review the five biggest questions this offseason because we've discussed the offseason a bit. But uh, the offseason is now official. Everyone, it is the NHL offseason. It hit me when I was watching uh, game five of that Stanley Cup final, like midway through the third. I was like, it's the last bit of NHL hockey I'm going to watch for a while. It's, you know, it always hits you. And I don't know if you always feel this way, Connor, but during the playoffs, I'm always watching going, how do I watch regular season hockey? Playoffs are just so much better. But then I think it's the summer months and the, the baseball slog and you got to uh, see like the football OTA stuff. And you're like, I'll take any hockey I can get. Right. Like it just gets, yes, I'm, I don't care preseason. I, I am in, you know? So um, I think that's how we kind of wrap ourselves back into regular season hockey, which we will do eagerly uh, as the, as the summer goes along. Um, question number one, what are the futures of David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron? Uh, we've discussed this, but um there has not been any new developments on that front in terms of news as of Thursday, June 15th. Um, what, what I think David Krejci's gone. I think Krejci's gone. That's my that's my opinion. That's what I feel. Uh, Bergeron's a little tougher to tell. How do you stand on those two guys? Yeah, I think Krejci's I think Krejci's done uh, in terms of um, just the way he he mentioned like his family's down in South Carolina. Uh, this entire season, it seemed like it was just like an unfinished business work trip for him this year. Gave it his all. I think he's done. I think he goes off to the sunset. Great Bruin. Um, I think Bergeron's back. Uh, I, I think one, he's still 
too good. I, you know, he's a guy that has mentioned before that his body will tell him when he's ready to hang it up. And again, he was healthy for the whole year until game 80, 82, right? Which is <laughs> the cruel irony of this whole thing, but he's still a guy that I think can play at a high level. Um, still, you know, enjoys playing here and is still play, you know, is going to win the Selkie this year once again. Like he, he's still a very good player. He's too, I think he's too good to retire. And also the Bruins desperately need him. You need at least one of those two guys back on a, another cheap deal just to get past this uh, kind of cap crunch you have. So if you get Bergeron back and Zocket second line center and you ride through this year, you avoid kind of that apocalyptic cap crunch by having those two guys set in place. And then you, you get to this year, see what happens again. We'll discuss it, I'm sure, but they're still, I think, going to be a competitive team. Roll the dice. We'll see what happens. But then if, you know, Bergeron hangs up the skates next year and you've got, I think they've got $29 million in cap space next year, and that's not factoring in what could be a 5 to $10 million jump in terms of the cap ceiling. You're in a position next year where you can actually aggressively retool. But I think you need one of those two guys back. And I think Bergeron is the guy that's back. Not only counting the fact, centennial season, uh, captain of the Bruins for another year. Uh, a lot of festivities with that. His best friend and, and line mate, Brad Marchand, I think, uh, what, 40 games away from 1,000 career games played with the Bruins. I think there's just too much going in, in their favor that I, I think Bergeron's back. Um, and, again, they need him. Yeah, when the season first ended, I thought, you know, he's probably done. You saw the way that he kind of left the ice, hugging everybody, putting his stick up, you know, saluting the fans. Then I remember he did the same thing in Carolina the year before. Um, there's a lot of mileage on him. And there's a lot of mileage on Patrice Bergeron. And I think, you know, to play devil's advocate, I do think he I do think he comes back. I, I do. Um, I mean, the reasons he wouldn't come back, sick of having injuries, sick of the elbows to the nose, sick of uh, you know, wants to get out of here with his health somewhat intact. It's a long season. I remember Zdeno Chara talking uh, when they they did a thing for him preseason at the Legends Club. And uh, he'd said to, you know, Bergeron to Marshan, he was like, I just, I couldn't imagine myself going through it again. You know, if Patrice Bergeron feels that way, then you got, you you can't put yourself through it. Because once you're in, you can't do the Tuka Rask. You can't do the, you know, come back. And then like, you know, a couple games in, eh, I'm done. Like you're the captain. That's a, it, You can't do that. You cannot do that. And I don't think he would, by the way, I don't think he would do that. Um, you know, the reasons for not, again, mileage doesn't have it. It doesn't feel he has it in him. Um, his family doesn't want him to do it. Um, you know, I think the Bruins want him back. I, my God. I mean, if you could get him back at, you know, a similar price to this past year and you suddenly have a legitimate number one center um, for that price. Hard not to want to do that. You know, the chaos in me wants to see them want to see the Bruins squirm a little bit. I want to see the Bruins have to kind of figure out what are you going to do with your your top six, your number one center. You got Zaka there. Good. You did that. What's next? What are you going to do for Bergeron? Um, but for the good of the team, probably best he comes back next season because, you know, you you can kick that problem down the road um, as we've talked about. So I think he stays. I think Krejci goes. And you nailed it. The 100-year thing, the centennial season. You're not going to have Patrice Bergeron in the lineup for it. He's going to retire the year before. I don't know. I don't know about that one. I don't, I don't see that uh, that happening. In terms of getting back to the to the cup or, or trying for another cup, I mean, they've been doing it for so long. So long. I mean, my God, it's been 
Real, I mean, you know, the, the talk of this last dance has been happening since 2019. I mean, so they've been at it forever. It's they know it's hard. Maybe you learned something. Hopefully you learned something from this past run um, or lack of a run for next season. Um, but yeah, Krejci, uh, Krejci goes, Bergeron uh, most likely stays, at least in our minds. Question number two, cap space. Will they have to trade Linus Olmark and or Taylor Hall to clear space? I say yes. I, I Again, we're not, we're not, you know, cap gurus like Evan Gold and Don Sweeney, but at looking at every possible way to clear space while not giving up prospects or draft picks in the works, it feels like one of, if not both of, Olmark and Hall have to go because Hall is a luxury. And quite frankly, so is Linus Olmark. You know, Linus Olmark has a bigger impact on the team for sure, but you've got a starter in Jeremy Swayman there, who, by the way, needs a contract this year, <laughs> who needs to re-sign as an RFA. Um, what do you think? Is there any way they can get yeah. around it without those two? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think something's got to give, right? It's even if you look at the, the Bruins cap, it's rough this year. Like, again, we, we can look at 2024-25 and view that as being kind of that pedestal they have where they can really switch things up and really build around a core. Like, again, I'm probably getting long-winded here, but you already have a pretty good core signed uh, long-term in place with guys like Pasta, McAvoy, Swayman after this year, probably, if you get like a guy like Bertuzzi, and all of a sudden you have 20 million, if not 30 million, if the cap really jumps up, like you're in a pretty good spot next year. You just got to get through this year, and it's going to be really, really tough because you're going to have to move quite a few guys that I think – uh can still really contribute and help this team in the present. Right. Um, so I, I think you look at like, like even if you have Bergeron back and it's Bergeron Zaka and Bergeron takes a $1 million cap hit, you're still, you're still screwed. You still have to move uh, stuff to make that happen. And if he's not back, you really up the Creek. So yeah, I, I think you look at for Hall, it's going to come down to whether or not you're able to resign Bertuzzi and then get a pick between the two of them uh, of who you think helps you out. Most this year, and especially long-term, if you're building towards that next core, I have to imagine they're prioritizing Bertuzzi, not, you know, again, he's got flaws defensively. It's not great, but you saw what kind of dynamic he brought in the playoffs this year. Uh, again, David Pasternak is your focal point on your offense now and for the future, and Tyler Bertuzzi looked friggin' fantastic next to him. So if he's on his line and if he's your net front guy in the power play, you're going to do a lot of damage. Again, you got to fix his defensive game, but who knows? Not to say that he's going to be a guy that developed as a two-way guy, but I think if you're around guys like if Bergeron's back, there's that, I think, osmosis that comes that, again, David Posternak's not the best defensive player, but I think he's made strides from where he once was, right? Like, again, he just turnovers drive people crazy, but in terms of his own D-zone play, I think it's been a lot better than what it once was. So, But if you want Bertuzzi, even if it's, a deal that we probably view as like pretty good. If it's like six years, five years at five two five, if that's what it's going to be, that's great. Still going to move Hall for it. And again, with Olmark, it's the same thing, right? Like he's going to win the Vezina this year. If you roll out Swayman and Olmark again next year, you're going to be great. But if you're not going to commit to a full goalie rotation in the playoffs, and it's going to come down to picking between one guy once again. You got something's got to give there. And again, even if it's you know, it depends on what the return is going to be. But I think if saving that $5 million in cap space if you have a guy in Swayman that you think can take the next step forward, you got to do it. Again, this is not a situation where the Bruins, you know, want to move on from these guys, but 
this is the hand you've kind of been dealt, especially when you went all in this past year. So got to do what you got to do. You mentioned it last week on Bruins beat, uh, the whole Bertuzzi thing, which we'll get to in a second. I'm curious if he does kind of a Gavrikov type thing to, to, you know, help them. And, uh, and you mentioned the cap space element of it, the cap jumping potentially after this upcoming season, it's going to be a hell of an off season trades, signings, um, guys looking for more money. Um, that's when you're going to see some sparks fly. That's when you're going to see some fireworks. I think, um, in terms of hockey trades of, Hey, we're going to trade, you know, player X who has a pretty sizable contract to someone else for picks and prospects and, and, you know, teams like who are in the hunt, you others, um, trying to contend, having extra space and saying, Hey, we can add another top, top end guy. Like we've been waiting for years for that. So hopefully it gets to that point. Um, we'll see what ends up happening on that, uh, on that front though. Baseball season is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to join today. Maybe Maybe you're feeling good about the Red Sox and you want to place a futures bet on them, or maybe you want to go out on a limb and say the Bruins have a good chance of winning the Stanley Cup in 2023-24, and you want to place a futures bet on them. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission 21 plus and present in mass first online real money wager only $10 deposit required refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days restrictions apply see terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook hope is here gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support play it smart from the start gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234 now Back to the show. All right, Connor, rolling right along to question number three. And this is kind of a second part to the second question, but what would either get in a trade? We've, we've, we're, it's torn. I saw in the athletics somewhere, I forget who wrote it. Uh, it was on, you know, having to give up a guy like Taylor Hall. He's a luxury. Uh, I forget who wrote, again, it's blanking who wrote it. Um, I'm not knowingly leaving them off yeah. of it. I'm just blanking who wrote it. It was about uh, Taylor Hall being a luxury. And, Bruins potentially having to add a prospect or something to him in a deal. I don't, you know, again, maybe if, you know, Taylor Hall would make sense for a contender, but again, most contenders don't have the cap space to add a guy like Taylor Hall at six, uh, 6.125. Um, I guess maybe if he went to a team like the Blackhawks, maybe you got to add a, a draft pick or something. But to me, like he still carries enough value that he goes in your top six. Like there's some teams he's your top line left wing. Um, I don't know why you'd have to add anything to him. Yeah, no, I think there should be at least one team. But again, you're you're a product of what the financial kind of landscape is, right? And the NHL not getting that escrow, the players not getting the escrow paid off really killed them this year, right? In terms of there's not a lot of teams that are necessarily flush with um that are flush with cap space, right? Like even even teams that are uh that you once looked at that had a lot of room to grow and build uh, assets. Like look at the devils, right? That was a scene that was took big strides this year, but all of a sudden, you know, they just signed uh, 
uh, Jesper Bratt to a, a long-term deal. I'm assuming they're going to try to sign Timo Meyer. There goes all their cap space, right? Like you look at the Kings are probably one team that make a lot of sense, but like even we've mentioned like the Edmonton Oilers time and time again, right? In terms of them being a potential team that could be a good trade partner with the Bruins. That's still a team that is pretty much up against the cap right now. And, and then you have a situation where, all right, the Bruins aren't necessarily in the best situation where they can't take on NHL contracts back either. Like the Bruins priority is probably draft picks or, um, you know, I, I think probably just dra- like draft assets, right? You can't really take on a lot of contracts unless it's a, a pure hockey trade, which I'm sure we're going to get to in a minute. But right, right now, it, that's the issue you have where even if you're probably trying to get a lot of assets for a guy like Hall, it might be a, a byproduct of just what teams are dealing with right now. And teams either can't take on a lot of money or you're not going to be able to take on contracts back because the Bruins don't have a lot of fiscal wiggle room either. Yeah, that's also you have to hope that somehow you can deal Hall. And as we've said, you might not like the return. You It may just be not much in return, but you get the cap space, which is the most important part. And then you do have Olmark there for, hey, let's, you know, if Bergeron did retire, let's go out and get a top line center. Again, we've tried to figure out who that might be. But in that case, like the numbers have to be equal. And even then you still might need cap space. You know, like it's not a guarantee. Um, Because again, no one knows what Swayman's going to get quite yet, what Trent Frederick might command. Um, So again, like, I mean, in a perfect world, you trade Hall for picks slash prospects and cap space. And then you trade Olmark for a top six center. But that is so much easier said than done. That's almost never how those things go down. Um, So again, and for Olmark... I think you can get a legit player. I think Omar is a, you're selling him high. He is a valuable player. He's going to be the Vesna winner. Like he should get you something. Uh, it just comes down to who needs a goalie, who, has, who is a trading partner. We've, we've mentioned Edmonton. Edmonton seems to make the most sense. I guess you'd have to be comfortable with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, um, which again, we've both said, like, I guess in some ways, both assets would be at their highest. You're, you're trading them at their highest. I just don't have a lot of faith in Nugent Hopkins reaching the 100-point plateau again. But maybe all you need is 60 or 70 points. And even then, he's been iffy on hitting that. But still, I mean, maybe that's okay. Maybe it's just, hey, deal, you know, Hall for picks and prospects and deal Olmark for uh, Nugent Hopkins. I believe Nugent Hopkins makes a hair more than Olmark, if memory serves. It's like a a little bit. um, It's not a ton, but still there's... I guess you're not technically saving money there, but you are adding to a part of the roster that you need. Maybe try it. I don't know. If you really want to do that, but I think there's better, tra- there's got to be better trading partners out there that we're not seeing or we're missing or, um, or maybe you just trade old Mark for picks as well. And you have, you know, a good amount of cap space uh, left there. Um, because again, you're going to need it for this guy. Question number four, can they re-sign Tyler Bertuzzi? I think they want to hundred percent. They want to, it should be, should be a priority. And I think it is. But as of right now, you really don't have the space to do it. And I mentioned a little earlier, you mentioned it um, a week ago on Bruins Beat, that that the idea of a Gavrikov contract, it's an interesting one because you're right. We're getting close to the cap going up. It seems real. It's not like this is, you know, oh, you know, if they get out of COVID, they should should raise, you know, when Tory Krug negotiations were going on. Oh, it should raise. Never really did that much. Um how do you see this going down? Yeah, I mean, I think you got to do everything you can. I, we kind of touched on it earlier, but I think when you look at 
you know, building towards that next core. I mean, it's, you know, he's, he's not a guy that's like 24 or 25, he's 28. And there's maybe a little bit of concern of how that contract plays out when he's not really a guy that necessarily known for like his like skating ability. So that could be something worth monitoring. But I think in terms of the added element of, uh, you know, what he brings offensively, that chemistry with Pasternak, again, it's, that's not to say you know, when I mentioned earlier that like, you know, you want to, you know, Pasternak is the focal point of your offense. It's not to say that you need to placate Pasternak by just surrounding guys he wants to play with, but what plays to his strengths and what, you know, and I think you looked at, how good Bertuzzi is in terms of operating with the puck uh, with little space in front of him, the net front, uh, those kind of backdoor, you know, no look passes that lead to easy chances, very talented player. Right. And kind of fits in with what you're looking at. So if you're able to lock him into a five, six year deal this year, at again, the one, the the projections are like what five to five, which I still think is pretty low, but if you're the Bruins and you're able to move a contract to retain a guy like him and you have then, 25 million in cap space next year. And you've got Bertuzzi and Pasta, McAvoy, Lindholm, Swayman, Paolo, you know, all Zaka. You're, you're cooking, right? Like in terms of you have a lot of ways to really kind of add to this team, got to do it the right way. Can't sign really shitty contracts, but if you add him, it really does help in terms of what you can, uh, you know, build around for the future. It's just, what that contract's going to be like if if he goes on July first and signs somewhere and it's seven million, all right, you can't you can't do that, right? You throw your hands up. cap, yeah. But if he goes somewhere, if he goes to Colorado at five two five, and you just didn't have the the leeway to do that, that's a tough hit. So it's all going to come down to I think what he ends up uh, identifying as where, where he wants to be. I think Colorado's team you have to watch out for because that's a team that now has Cap's face with Landeskog. Um, you know, being on, you know, he's going to miss the entire year. So you have more uh, freedom there to sign a guy like Bertuzzi. Um, but if you're the Bruins, I think you got to exhaust every possible avenue to get a chance to re-sign him. He may not be the perfect guy that, like, is a slam dunk in terms of, like, he's a missing ingredient. But, hell, he, he helps you out quite a bit. And he raised his stock so much, a ton in the playoffs. Again, like, you know, we discussed the two-year deal, the Gavrikov-type deal might be a little easier for a defenseman, you know, for a forward like Bertuzzi, you're hoping that no injuries, high production continues. Like you're at your point now where it's like, it's a safe area to get your long-term, like this is time to get paid. Um, and the Bruins have to put themselves in a position, position to be able to, uh, to do so. So it leaves us at number five, number five question. And there's more, but I consider these to be the five big ones. That I think everyone cares the most about. Do they have the assets to make a real big shake up like hockey trade obviously hockey trades are now like the thing with the matthew kachuk uh run to the to the uh stanley cup final everybody wants them everybody wants a kind of a trade like that um and you have the assets to do it right like you're not dealing first round picks for top players you don't have that anymore you know you're not dealing top prospects is fabian lysel getting you a lot i don't know maybe he gets you something but if he does, great. You know, Lowry, you want to kind of hold on to. At least that's what they feel like. I think it comes back to Olmark. Like, I think Olmark is your piece. That is where you would shake the team up. You no longer have the goalie tandem. You add in another part of the lineup that you need. So it'd be like a center, as we've said, right? You add a center. And I think that's your really only realistic piece. You know, I mean, if you want to go like, they should trade... David Pasternak for Kale McCarr. You want to do that whole stuff? Great. But I'm talking realistic stuff here. Um, 
I think that's more the route. I mean, is there anyone else that would be the the thing for a hockey trade? I mean, it would have to be guys you're looping in, like as a part of a package deal, like a two for one, because also you just don't have the cap space to do that. So are you moving? I don't know. DeBrusque and Carlo for someone, right? Like that that's a possible option there. Like I don't think it's gonna be just one for ones, really. Uh unless it's again moving with a guy like Olmark for draft capital. But if you're trying to really swing a hockey trade and add in a player, it's probably gonna have to be a package deal. Uh you know, I look at those guys like Carlo, DeBrusque, Frederick. Um, you know, I don't think they're moving a guy like Zaka, but uh, Grizzly, obviously, um, I, I think if you're really trying to get a useful player back, one, you have to move multiple contracts and you don't have like a headline stealing guy that you want to move that, that is going to be part of that equation as well. So, um, again, it depends on what's out there, right? Like, are you going to get a guy like Elias Lindholm or are you going to get like a Pierre-Luc Dubois or someone else like that? Then it becomes more viable. But yeah, I think if you're the Bruins, you have to, when you don't have just the ability to throw out uh, a bunch of money to sign a guy in free agency, you have to get very creative in terms of how you want to, you know, shake up this roster because I don't know, Evan, you, you had a great regular season and it all went down in flames in the first round. So it feels like if there's a time to make some tweaks to the roster, probably now. It is now. Uh, and again, Jake DeBrusque, you mentioned UFA after this year, if you feel you can't pay him or don't want to pay what he might ask for, eh, there's one as well. That's not a bad one. Get something for him. Get assets. Get assets if you need it. Uh, those are the five questions. There are going to be more. We're going to have a lot this offseason, obviously, about all these things. These are going to be ever-changing, I guarantee you. We're going to get on at some point and do a live show for Krejci's retirement, or comes back, Bergeron's retirement, or he comes back, the trades that could be made, all those types of things. Uh, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at Boston.com and the Globe? Yeah, we're going to have you covered throughout this offseason, whether it's, uh, you know, trades, free agency, the draft, all that stuff. We'll have you covered every step of the way over at Boston.com. So please read over there. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins Beat listeners have a great rest of your week. (laughs) 